You're listening to the Yeshiva of Newark at IDT podcast. I'm your host and curator, Rabbi Aprom Kipolevich, and I hope you enjoy this episode. 64 years a human being. <laughs> <laughs> this is Emeritus Rex. <laughs> Happy birthday to the king himself, Rabbi Pufko. The king of Beth Aaron. Long live the king. Happy birthday. 64. It is my birthday. Yes. By the way, you should be relieved to know that in honor of my birthday, I've declared a general amnesty. <laughs> yes. yes. All taxes are waived. All taxes are waived. <laughs> but I would like to begin with a little song. When I get older, losing my hair many years from now. <laughs> Will you still be sending me a Valentine? Birthday greetings, bottle of wine. If I'd been out to a quarter to three, would you lock the door? Will you still need me? Will you still feed me when I'm 64? <laughs> okay, that was a song that we all sang with the Beatles together. And did any of them make it to 64? I think most of them did, except oh, yeah. John. Except John. Yeah. John. Except John. John didn't make it to 64. Okay, so I got, yeah, you've made it. Yes, the you've made it to 64 today. So let's, you know, so, you know, I know that in the air today, um, the idea of advancing, you're not 65 yet. So it's not like no. you're, it's not like you're ready to become emeritus, actually. Um, I'm, I'm a young man. I'm a young man. Yes. Well, we've talked about this in the past, how the idea of what should be the uh, proper retirement age and when you should start to phase yourself out. It's obviously... Um, it's archaic to say it should be 60 and especially or 65. Most people were dead by the time they were 70. So the idea today, the amount uh, the longevity of people uh, that has to be. Thanks, re- thanks, thanks to the often maligned pharmaceutical companies. We are enjoying uh, years of, I mean, great longevity. Yeah. Well, again, we'll talk. I think we've had, we once talked about longevity, which didn't necessarily have quality of life in it. But I think one thing that, Perhaps you know we could talk about is something I heard today on uh, a rival podcast. Um, Dale Bredenson, who was on um, Megan Kelly's show, he is a uh, professor out of UCLA, and he was talking. You know, she was trying to get him, <coughs> and he he coyly refused. She was trying to get him to give his analysis of Biden, of whether Biden is showing. I have seen indicators line in Joe Biden. <laughs> the four years I'm watching him, he has been. Remarkably consistent. Yeah. Well, so it seems that he's uh, going off a little bit more than he was usual. But I, again, I don't really want to talk about Biden so much as I want to talk about what Bredenson said. First of all, Bredenson was very um, professional. He said, you know, it's wrong for a doctor to give a diagnosis for someone they haven't seen. Right. If, you're, if you're a doctor, I agree with that 100 percent. Right, right. A layman can say it's like us as rabbis. We have to be very careful about our psukim. Right. Um, however, he did say that uh, not only is Alzheimer's, he feels, and dementia is something that can be combated, it's something which really the indicators are there, if you know where to look, maybe even 20 or 25 years before the complete onset. And this is what he said I thought was very interesting. He said that Reagan, who we know from Nancy, they, they were open about it in 94 I think that, yes, you know, that he, Dutch, has Alzheimer's. And he was really, you know, finished from that time. He was really in the, not in the throes, 
But the elements of, of dementia and Alzheimer's were really there within him, even, he says, 20 years earlier. So Reagan, already in 74, way before he was even a candidate, serious candidate right, for right. president. Again, what does that even mean? Listen, you, you, you know people very well who've gone through senility and Alzheimer's. You and I were both educated by many rabbis who were clearly <laughs> suffering from senility. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yes, yes. Um, and uh... <laughs> no, so <clears throat> people can have early symptoms or signs, precursors, whatever you want to call them, and still be perfectly fine. Right. And, and, and obviously, Reagan, you know, was able to to manage things. But I think it's really a, a, sort of a wake up call. Right. Or, you know, and, and like, not bad, bad. He still recognizes people. But, he'll, you know, if those signs are very much there. You know, he repeats questions. Over so so let me ask you something. In your synagogue, of course, we want to increase. Let's talk. Let's go rabbinic first before right. we get to your personal story. Um, we know in the synagogues, we do want to be as inclusive as possible. And we know that we do have some of our congregants uh, who are clearly in stages of of, of, of dimension stuff. How is it? As, if as, that were not the case, why are they in shul? <laughs> yeah, see, maybe that's the reason why some rabbis are sticking around that <laughs> have such longevity themselves. But but let's talk about that. I'm sorry, to be serious. Um, you know, obviously, you know, there's a question about some of them might start um, forgetting and screaming in the middle of davening, right. or sometimes. And, and, and how do you as a rabbi manage that, especially since you don't want to stop a person from coming to shul and you want, you don't, you want to respect that person's privacy, but at the same time, you want everyone in the shul to treat him with dignity. I have two, I have two very different points of view on this. Okay, Number one is a guy who's been with you in all the good years, and then he turns, you know, his things aren't going well. You do everything possible to protect that guy's dignity. That's loyalty. Someone who's been loyal to you in the good years, you take care of him in the difficult I, I understand. No question. And you allow him to disrupt. You help him. You get a family member to sit with him. You do whatever you can. People who've stood by you, you stand by them. That's number one. Um, you know, uh, otherwise, you know, it's hard. I mean, uh, hasn't happened all that often, but there have been times when people, you know, can't, can't be there. So you look to be gentle and have an aide come with them or something. But I don't remember ever asking someone not to come. <laughs> but again, um, there are some halachic issues. You still let the guy dive in for the omit. You let the guy get an aliyah. I, that's so what I mean. Issues, yeah. So and 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 you have and do you are do you err on you know on in the side of being a mako? Give a simple litmus test in my show. If you exuberantly praise the rabbi's sermon on Shabbos, you're mentally fit. <laughs> that's the simple test. Then you are mentally fit. I see. Yes. I thought it was. I see. <laughs> um, no, I don't know. It's a tough call. Not, there's no simple there's no simple uh, uh, criteria here. You know, again, we know just speaking, you know, from a rabbinic perspective, we know that <coughs> on, on the opposite end of the spectrum, when we have a, a young thirteen-year-old who we suspect or we could suspect isn't really sexually mature, we will let him down for the omid. We'll let him leave the services because it's only derabonin anyway. And and there's a chazaka. And I think the, chaz, the chazaka is really another way of saying, look, we don't want to embarrass the kid. We don't want the kid to think that he's different or because... The most strict anybody gets is if he has a bar mitzvah parsha zaka, then you're... Right. Clear. That's what I mean. So therefore, even having a, a person get an aliyah who might not be all there, who might have started losing it, um, or being motzi people as a kohen, uh, or whatever it is, in, 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 or giving the bracha brachas koan, and whatever it is, I would assume you would err uh, liberally and allow them till 
you know, till almost the end. Um, you can imagine, though, again, uh, I've seen Kohanim and I've seen Kohanim who go up there with other Kohanim. And one of the one Kohen is clearly in a state of dementia. And right. and and, you know, again, it's it's unfortunate when people start you do everything possible to balance the dignity of the congregation and uh, respect for the individual. And when one begins to encroach on the other, you have a problem. But generally, you can navigate these things with sensitivity and intelligence. You know, it's it's uh, it's tough though. But uh, listen, I know it's, I was before you rudely interrupted me on my birthday. Uh, I was talking about this guy who I know. You know, he repeats. I mean, you had a conversation, repeats the same question six times. So you know, it's not end stage Alzheimer's, but it's deep Alzheimer's, <laughs> and. Um, he does the New York Times crossword puzzle quickly every morning. <clears throat> so the brain is a mystery. The brain is a mystery. I mean, what the brain remembers, what it doesn't remember, the skills it may it retains, the skills it loses, it is really something to, to behold. I mean, because it's no, I mean, I ran, I know with my own father. I mean, he couldn't, you know, at the point he wasn't recognizing me already. He could daven, rush the shot of davening by heart. I mean, it didn't, you know, there's different parts of the brain. Well, well, well again, <clears throat> doctors have actually talked about this phenomenon because this long-term memory of who your first grade teacher was and, 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 and very, you know, vivid recollections of the past, they stay with you. Whereas, as we know, you know, it's almost like you and I can remember all the shtick that we did. But we can't remember a lot of the stuff from the last fifteen years, right? right. But we, but we, we could remember those days in high school, and I think that's part of the same phenomenon. Right. Um, and 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 sometimes a loved one shouldn't be fooled by the fact that the father or mother can re- can recall, or like your father could right. recall, could 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 remember the uh, Nasana Toikif by heart, but still might have a hard time remembering, you know, where his keys are or, right. or where or how he's. And, and again, these are these are of course the things that counseling. Uh, counselors like yourself always have to deal with. I think probably in the home is probably more of a bigger question than in shul. You know, we talk about keep it of aim, you know, being the hardest mitzvah. You know, the the the, the panim yafos and other midrashim say this idea that you know keep it of aim is the hardest. You know, uh, and, and 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 the reason is, I think, especially when we have parents um, that are in that type of state where. You know, you have to watch it and you have to try to support and do what you can. And I'm sure you've had to counsel the, the children quite a bit in terms of how they could. Listen, uh, it's very, uh, given the longevity, this is obviously a phenomenon that's very widespread. Uh, you know, people living physically while they're no longer able to, you know, in a, you know uh, fully mentally engage the world. And it's a, it's a t- tough, tough challenge. People have means you know, get 24-7 care at a home for somebody, but that's a limited number. You know, and, and nursing homes are, you know, aren't great, and seniors' residences aren't great. And uh, it's, uh, you start understanding what it means. And, and of course, this is a problem which is only going to, uh, you know, increase exponentially as we, who are like the last of the baby boomers, <laughs> are entering, you know, our dotage. So let's talk now that we've, you know, sort of, you know, talked a little bit in a serious vein. Let's talk a little bit about what you did on your birthday today. Oh, well, uh, it went good news. My uh, my son and daughter-in-law, my son's a rabbi out in, uh, in, in Sunnyvale, California, near Palo Alto, came this in is, last night. Uh, this with, is Avi? Ezzy, with Ezzy. his four kids. 
And uh, so I'm gonna, I spent it with my grandchildren. It was wonderful. So listen, there's nothing better than, than grandchildren as a present, I assure you. Um, you sort of want to keep them and say, okay, son, goodbye. I'll just, I'll just, right. keep, I'll, I'll just keep these kids around. Um, well, the kids are great, thank God. So uh, that was all right. Um, you know, uh, do, do you know you, I'm not sure why it is, but everyone seems to know when your birthday is these days. And, I, you know, you get a lot of messages, which are very heartwarming and nice and I think it's because if you're if you're on Facebook, I think like I think I think Facebook has your birthday, so people will right, send you. Right. But again, you should take it as significant as having a friend on Facebook is the birthday wishes, and of course, uh, in his dotage and you know where he is and is he mentally fully there. Let's talk about the. We can talk about bodies. We also talk about this other um, almost octogenarian, um, but sometimes I think he's more like a adolescent or a. Or, or an infant, and of course, that is the infant terribly himself, uh, Donald Trump. And uh, I know Donald is, I don't know if he's back on Twitter or he's doing something, but clearly, you know, especially with the January 6th hearings, once again, the mean orange guy is back in the news. And uh, I guess these hearings are there to um, to put Trump in a coffin and say, there's no way, I mean, get the, let the American people know how terrible, uh, what he was trying to do. And I the, guess the way I see it is that <clears throat> nobody is going to change their mind because of these hearings. Uh, those who, uh, who believe that Trump was wronged somehow in, in the election uh, will continue to believe it. Uh, those who are convinced that, as most are, that <clears throat> the election was on the up and up We'll continue to believe it. And then no one's changing their mind here. What is changing? Possibly. Possibly. And, and what is the intent of those running these hearings is not just to continue to expose the story, much of which we already knew, but there are some new elements, is to make it possible. And I'm not saying likely, but make it possible for a criminal indictment of Trump for obstructing the work of Congress. Uh, and the way they're doing that now, and they're doing, and Liz Cheney's doing a good job of that as best as she could, where uh, they're they're emphasizing over and over again the numbers of people, whether it was Meadows or Barr uh, or Stepien, his campaign manager, uh, Jared, Ivanka, all these people who said, uh, "No, you lost," and 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 the only ones who were telling him, you know, keep fighting were. Uh, I mean, there's. I mean, some of the testimony about Giuliani barging into the Oval Office uh, on January 6th in a drunken state. Uh, no, no, sorry, not January 6th, election night in, in in a drunken state, claiming you know, just say you won, proclaim victory, this and that. Uh, the mail-in ballots, Pennsylvania, them going nuts at Fox News for calling Arizona, but over and over again, being told by his own people that he he lost repeatedly through the month of November, December, the months of November, December, we told that he lost. And still, so what's the point of all? The point of that is to make the case that even though he knew he had lost, right, his pressure on Pence to subvert the process constitutes an an obstruction of the work of Congress, which is a crime. Now, there's, there's a healthy debate to be had here is let's say it's clear-cut there was a crime. Let's say it's clear-cut. What's good for the people? You and I remember when Gerald Ford pardoned Richard Nixon, right? And we all believed, you know, uh, well, I shouldn't say we all believe. Many believe that was the best thing, was putting Watergate behind us, let's move forward. Because the spectacle of a past president 
sitting in, in jail. Is this not good for the country? Now, this is even worse. Here you'd have a Democratic administration, a Democratic Attorney General, Merrick Garland, prosecuting a former president of the, other, of the opposing party. That certainly will not exactly heal wounds, right? That could, you know, that's a serious rupture. Was a serious political rupture. So even if you could prosecute Trump, is it wise to prosecute Trump given what it triggered? The counter argument is you, you got to send a message that stuff like this you can't get away with. And that no one is above the law. And, and, and for a very principled reason, you can make the case that Trump should be prosecuted not for, you know, inciting violence or whatever, because that's all ambiguous. But you, you, they're, they're trying to frame the testimony in a way which creates the narrative that Trump knowingly and willfully tried to subvert the work of Congress in ratifying the election and, and by pressuring uh, Pence, uh, even uh, though he knew he had lost. Well, we know, Ralph, that they, they hurriedly got together a second a second impeachment trial right. before Trump left office on essentially the same issue, right? right. And, and and there wasn't enough votes at that point. But here's uh, the argument: maybe they moved too quickly. Maybe had they just spent one week investigating, some of this testimony would have been known at a time when Republicans were more likely to be critical of Trump. Remember, the guys like McCarthy and others criticized them at the beginning, and then you know jumped back on the bandwagon. So you know, maybe had they done minimal investigation in the aftermath of January sixth, listen. But you know, but also there's other things here going on. I, I like, and, and let me. Why don't you listen to me for a second? Because I do yeah, believe, sure. I do believe that it's a, a a ploy to get Americans' minds off of what's going on in the United States, which is gas at five dollars plus. And according to the economist's prediction, it isn't going down. That we're going to be looking in oh, summer. I, I would agree with you, but I think it's part of a larger. That's not just that. It's abortion, gun rights, yes, Trump, uh, all an attempt to, to get people's minds off the economy. And and let's go even more cynical, and therefore to bolster the chances for Democrats in the midterm elections right. and for Biden and, and Harris continuing this is there, there's so, the it's such a uh, a rotten state of the economy and and things going on in society this is a way to say look you don't want this alternative look what this is let's point to this devil look how terrible right. it is it's all about painting republicans as 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 trump fanatics as uh, anti-abortion uh, religious fanatics and uh, in abort and gun fanatics. Yes. Rather than talk about so. So I, 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 I agree with you one thousand percent. But I would go further. The Republicans make it too easy. Well, they're not exactly allowing the way I understand uh, on this committee real Republican no, no, supporters. Part of the committee, right. So, so therefore, it's if, if it's a new trial or a new investigation, there isn't really a, a defender of Trump in this case. Um, and, and to put it into prime time, I mean, it's, it, it, it's oh, no. overreaching here. What was the purpose of that demonstration? That purpose of that demonstration, it was not an insurrection. It was not a coup. And to call it that is a... Is, and, 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 and they also got a television... Had a demonstration for the same reason everybody has demonstrations, to pressure the people inside the building to change their minds. Look, the television... That's all it was. It wasn't an insurrection. And, and, and I, the way I understand it is they, sh- you know, they put together a montage of scenes 
and they and they put Trump's statements like not necessarily right. where the events were. Like right. they, when Trump said these are all good people, he meant the million people that were at the demonstration, not the ones that were storming the Capitol. Right. When he talked about the love, he wasn't talking about the love of people smashing. Trump is incapable of criticizing people who he thinks are loyal to him. Right. So but, but, whole- but here they had actually they actually took his words out of context in order to do a propaganda film. And we look, there's so many problems. Again, the economy is so it is such a a, uh, a a fist to the solar plexus that this is something that this was seems to be what needs to be. Democrats have no moral standing here. They're the ones who went around around screaming and, you know, in 2020 that, you know, the BLM riots were peaceful and all this when 12 people were killed, billions of dollars were lost. Uh, if there was an insurrection in the past couple of years, it was in Seattle, not in Washington. That's the right. Police station in Milwaukee. I mean, those were real assaults on, on governmental authorities and creating the safe zones. Insanity. I mean, that was insanity. And, and even the policeman that who died, I know that they made a big deal about the one who was hit by the with the fire. He died of a stroke the, two days later. He was at his desk the next. That's day. right. And they brought in the five people who supposedly died who committed suicide. It, as it part was all of- ridiculous. No one was. Besides that one woman, nobody was killed. And the other, listen, the Democrats have no more. Right now, you have two flamboyant spasms of hypocrisy. You have Kavanaugh, an attempted assassination of Brett Kavanaugh, when according to federal law, you cannot demonstrate outside the home of Supreme Court justice, and the attorney general is not prosecuting. The government is not doing anything, not doing much to protect these people. And the left is burying the story of the attempted assassination of a Supreme Court justice, which is remarkably worse than January 6th. Then you also have the other uh, hypocrisy where you have widespread violence since the leak of uh, of, uh, of, uh, of the Supreme Court opinion on Roe v. Wade. You have a spate of uh, arson attack on churches and, uh, and, and pro-life family pregnancy centers. Viol- I mean, political, real political violence. Jane's revenge, they're called, right? Jane being the first name of Roe, right? And uh, going all over the place, I mean, literally threatening violence, perpetrating violence on, on churches and other places associated with the pro-life uh, movement. You have an assassination attempt on Kavanaugh. The left-wing violence is ignored or dismissed. That's right, and and it's and, and it's un, really unconscionable the hypocrisy uh, of the left. And I, again, just getting back to Trump for a minute, I believe what the committee's trying to do is to at least at least have the possibility that the attorney general may prosecute. They're trying to make a criminal case, but again, you know, I would caution them <laughs> because well, well, getting back to the theme of tonight's uh, little discussion. It is pretty sad. I mean, here we are, you know, men in our 60s, and we're looking at, once again, the, you know, the, the two main figures of politics are, are, is a guy who's 79, is going to be 80 in November, and Trump, who's, I think, 77 or 78, right? This is really strange that, that, that Biden and Trump should occupy the roles that they do. This is unheard of. I mean, we talked about longevity, but it isn't so much that these guys are like the G'day Yisrael who in their 70s 
were still sharp as attack and able to write chuvas, both of these fellows really should be out there on some shuffleboard arguing with each other, you know, running around like Jack Lemon and Walter Matthau, right? They, right, right? Where are the, where's the rest of the leadership? Why isn't why can't people just turn in their defense? Mick Jagger and Paul McCartney are are on tour even as we. <laughs> But that's a lot different than making decisions about about sending troops. It's different about you know, hearing information. Look, the way I understand it, I mean, it was an open secret that Trump was totally bored with all the security um, uh, briefings that he had every morning. You know, he was probably playing on his phone or doing something else and probably couldn't register all that information. He was playing Candy Crush. Yeah. <laughs> However, you know, but I, I, I worry about Biden as well. This is a job and we are in a, a crisis situation where it isn't about how well you read from a teleprompter. It's really about making definitive decisions. And, and, and that should really motive, you know, galvanize everyone. I mean, who do you see in the Republican field that could stand as uh, a, a, a white knight that could perhaps, if not lead us out of this, could at least structure some normalcy? And- Listen, there are some good people in the Republican Party, like DeSantis and uh, Nikki Haley and Globetrotter. These aren't bad people. Um, but... Uh- and and and, oh, and 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 why and so why can't again I I think if enough voices will be raised then Trump will understand that he could he could still have his position like an apprentice like guy who you have to you know uh, schmear a little bit but do you really you, in your mind you're convinced that Trump is going to be out there with his uh, uh to be out there running again to be the candidate for the Republicans you know it, it seems more and more likely to me that he will run. Um, I, I think certainly, uh, listen, he doesn't want to go down in history as a guy that lost. And, and, and of course the, the problem is that with Trump running, that's Biden's best chance, right? right. I don't think Biden could beat Nikki Haley. I think if Nikki Haley got up there, I think people would say, yes, here's a woman. She's from immigrant. She has an immigrant story. She was a, she was courageous in the UN, a tremendous supporter of Israel. Listen, what Trump, what Trump's do, does is he generates an enormous turnout for the Republicans and the Democrats, right? Yep. His loyals turn out and the goes who hate him turn out. And that's what, what you saw in the last election where, uh, you know, the Democratic turnout numbers were just way up. And uh, he, he triggered that and he would trigger that again, I assume. Well, well, as you uh, take the candles out of your cake, Ralph, and store them away for, for next year, and hopefully you'll be able to blow them out <laughs> as quickly as you're able this year, we wish you all the best. And, um, you know, in, 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 of course, in Canada, um, I'm not sure. How, how do they say happy birthday in French? Bonne fête à Sounds like a Star Wars character. I don't know. (laughs) All right, my friend. We shall see you. Take care. Many happy returns of the day. You're definitely aging. (laughs) You're not getting, in a way, you're not getting older. You're getting better. Be well, everybody. Take care. All right. (laughs) Bye-bye. Thanks for joining us for another episode from the Yeshiva of Newark at IDT Podcast. Be sure to subscribe on your favorite podcast app so you don't miss a single episode. 